from bureaucracy's... I mean, from bureaucracy's basement. Ah, oh, man, just... I, I give up. I give up. Look, we're the Queen City Improvement Bureau. We're stuck in this basement. It's a pandemic. We do things. We improve things. We try to improve things. Nobody ever comments on our improvements, but we do a lot. Meanwhile, we're trying to, like, you know, raid that vending machine, which has, like, one sandwich, which is looking pretty green, but it's looked pretty green since, you know, 1997. So what more harm can it do us? That's where we're at these days. We'll get that sandwich. Things are looking up. This meeting is now in session. Hello. Oh, greetings. How are you doing? I'm I'm doing okay. Uh, I you think, sound uh, a little worn out. You know, I'm I'm trying, but I'm starting to feel I'm starting to feel like the city is not taking us seriously. Us? Really? Yeah. I mean, it's been five years at least since we've been doing this, and it just occurred to me the other day that our uh, our scheduled raises don't seem to have like you know kicked in. Um, we haven't received any real, like, sort of, like, proper performance evaluations, which would be filled with praise, obviously. And I think the last one we had, which was uh, from, uh, I believe, Amber Goodwin, um, was was very negative. I mean, I ignored it because, obviously, it was a prank uh, of some kind. Um, whoops, well, there's the leopard uh, yowling at us. Um, but uh, I'm starting to think that maybe, maybe she was serious. And that maybe they don't appreciate us the way they do. But I've come up with a solution. Let's hear it. Stay the course. Keep doing what we're doing. And one day they'll realize how valuable we are. It's like erosion. You just keep hitting them with a little bit of the same thing over and over and over again. And eventually you wear them down. Exactly. One day, one day their fancy like beach house will fall into the sea. And we will reap the rewards. Right. In terms of broken glass and, and like perhaps some food um, floating in the sea from, from the, from the fancy, fancy beach house. And think about all the opportunities for improvement once that beach house has fallen down. Oh, new beach houses, metaphorically speaking, like, oh, uh, bonfires on the beach. Just, you know, somebody brings a guitar, I bring my zither, it, it all works out. So I think what we should do then is we should set up our own little like house on the driveway of that uh-huh. beach house. And when oh. then the beach house falls into the sea, we have beachfront property. Oh, that is brilliant. overlooking the beach. Yeah. We have I, beachfront property and then we go fishing essentially for like valuable items from that fallen beach house. Right. That metaphorical. This is all metaphor, but I think this is how we should do it. I learned all this from Lex Luthor in the first Superman movie. Oh, nice. Well, you know, he, he I mean, he was a pretty daring, he was a visionary real estate mogul. Yeah. Um, although I remember, I remember though, when I saw that movie, re- real talk, I felt pretty bad for Otis. Me too. Because like his dreams for Otisburg, Lex Luthor just sneered at them. And I'm like, no, no, Otisburg, that's, that's the land for me. I'd read that comic. Otisburg, the land for me. <laughs> yeah, and like Jimmy Olsen like has a, like a covert mission into Otisburg. I think it's great. Hey, well, I've got something yeah. that will cheer Re- you release up. Release the Otis. Oh, yeah, but beyond releasing the Otis cut? Uh, oh, my God. Uh, no, nothing could beat that. That's 
the Otis cut would be. That would make my freaking decade. <laughs> so anyway, the, the thing that I have to cheer you up. Oh, yes. Uh, I've been workshopping uh, a new tourism idea for the city. Oh, do tell. Yeah. Something, something, you know, to promote how great the Queen City is. And uh, I, I don't have like a slogan for it yet. I just kind of have a concept. I'm hoping to get like, you know, something more polished together uh, for the next uh, meeting. But the Queen City is the city where COVID came to lay down roots. <laughs> yeah, that, that's very cheerful, Paul. COVID has traveled the whole world. It's been everywhere from like Bangladesh to Brazil to uh, Bucharest. Yeah, and then it went to South Africa and then it said, heck, next stop, Queen City. Yes. And it's put, it's put down roots here. Yep. And it's just not leaving. Apparently. It's decided this is the town oh. for me. Oh, There's wow. something special about this place. Something so special that even, you know, a pre-life form like a virus can recognize just how wonderful this place is and want to like stay here seemingly forever is it, is it the artificial lake is it the olive garden we we won't know it might be all the people <laughs> might be all of them <laughs> hanging out passing it to each other well that's what they say about the queen city right is that you know Maybe it doesn't have all of the amenities of a Toronto or or a Los Angeles, but the yeah. people the people are wonderful. You stay because of the people. Exactly. That's uh yeah, and and I mean, uh, I would say the reasonable property values, but I mean they're still pretty high. Yeah, it's not uh, it's not two thousand three anymore. No, I was, I thought I would like put something together and pitch that to economic development Regina, and. Uh, See if they could, uh, you know, make a flashy video or something. I'm, I'm sure they. I'm sure they would love that. Let's put the, yeah. they can put that up on Instagram. We should probably do a meeting. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We should. We should. Yeah. I mean, we've already we've, we've solved a lot of problems already, but I think we should probably actually get down to the nitty gritty of understanding what's been happening over the last week or two in yeah. the Queen City with attendance. With attendance. Um, now. Usually, I carefully transcribe our names into my logbook. Right. Uh, uh, to, to sometimes confusing and hilarious effect. Uh, this time, though, I only have a blank page, which brings up for you and me both the terrifying specter of non-existence. You think? Like a complete ontological sort of absence, which cannot be resolved by normal philosophical means. We can't, we can't like dialogue our way back into the world, Paul. Hmm. We must only by blood force assert ourselves through improvements. We can't just like make up our own names. Oh yeah. 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 We can do that. That's awesome. Let's do that. Okay. Well, what do you, do you have anything? Um, Hmm. Pepperino. Parvenu. That, that's pretty that's, good. That's me. I'm, 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 I'm Pepperino Parvenu now. Don't, don't, don't nobody say different. I want to go with, uh, um, that's okay. Just, just, I mean, just whatever, whatever, whatever comes to mind is, is who you are now. No, I'm just Paul Deshane. I'm just going to use my real name. Ah, ha, ha, ha. Paul Deshane. 
Well, in that case, in that case, I'll be Aiden Morgan. How's that sound? Okay, that sounds great. So, first item on the agenda is uh, in these COVID days, the stuff that is on Netflix is as important to us as as our family members and uh, all of our loved ones. It's true. For some of us, Netflix is our closest friend. So I think it's important to pay attention to Netflix as, you know, like an honorary Queen City citizen. And one of the things that has come up this last week of import is the hullabaloo around the uh, movie Bigfoot Family. Bigfoot Family. Oh, that's heartwarming. Yeah, you would think. It's the story of a, uh, I think it's a Polish film. And, uh, oh, no, it's Belgian-French. Okay, that's even worse. Oh, enjoy, um, enjoy, a, enjoy a Middle European co-production. Okay. Anyway. Yeah. And uh, it seems, just based on the poster, I haven't watched this movie yet, but it seems that there is a family, and there is a Bigfoot dad, and a, a, a non-Bigfoot mom. Okay. Like a normal human mom, and their family. I don't know how I feel about this. And apparently there's a big controversy about Bigfoot family, but it's not about this, you know, mixing of the species streams that seems to be going on. Apparently the evil guys in the Bigfoot family movie are uh, like oil men. They want to like drill for oil in the Alaskan wilderness. Ah. And this has got, everybody's knickers in a knot in Alberta, even though the movie is set in Alaska, the Alberta, you've heard about this, the Alberta war room. It's like a, a arm's length government funded operation that is, has been put together to counter anti oil propaganda with pro oil propaganda. And they're trying to get through the, with the brilliant minds of everybody's nephews. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And like $20 million, some absurd budget they have at their disposal. And they've decided to use these millions of taxpayer dollars to get Bigfoot Family canceled on Netflix. They want to get rid of this film because it depicts the oil industry in a bad light. And you may be wondering, what would make them think that this movie about drilling in the Alaska wilderness might have something to do with Alberta? Well, the oil men in Bigfoot family aren't actually planning to drill. Maybe some kind of pipeline or some such that. No, they're not planning to drill in the Alaska wilderness. They're planning to oh. set off a bomb to liquefy the oil so they can get at the oil. And the thing is, this is something that was actually planned in Alberta. In the 1950s, this is. A real plan that Alberta was going to do. They were going to set off subterranean nuclear weapons and liquefy the tar sands. The project was called Project Cauldron. (laughs) They were going to nuke nuke (laughs) the land around Fort McMurray so that they could more easily suck up all that tar sands oil. And this is. Oh, my God. Alberta, please atomize Fort McMurray. (laughs) Just turn it into particles, buildings, people, ground. Just reduce it to atoms and then just put it in a pipeline. 
Oh, yeah. please. So this was 100% a real plan in the 1950s in Alberta. And the only reason they didn't follow through with it is that Canada <laughs> signed the nuclear test ban in the 1960s. And so that's what saved Fort McMurray from radioactive oil. Wow. That is that is amazing. And considering, you know, northern the northern provinces, you know, have their share of, you know, uranium mining and contaminating northern lakes and rivers anyway in our mm-hmm. province. That's a that's another story. Um I, I did not know about this. Um Project Cauldron. I mean, this is I, I feel like something was missing in my life and now that missing piece has been like restored. Yeah. Uh, apparently, they changed the name. They realized that Project Cauldron perhaps sounded a little uh, awful. And Ooh. so they changed the name to Project Oil Sands, but they still ended up canceling oh. it because even worse than the name was the idea. <laughs> I, feel like, I feel like the Americans came up with MK Ultra, and some, somebody in Alberta was like, you, you think that's weird? Well, how about, how about the time we tried to nuke the North? Um, man. Yeah. So, 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 okay. So let me get this straight. So there's this idea from Alberta from uh, 70 years ago, Mm -hmm. like within barely within the living memory of human beings right now, frankly. And so a Belgian French company goes with a similar idea set in Alaska and the large adult sons of Americans of Alberta's energy industry decide to launch launch a campaign against it is that yep is is this what they're doing with like like Albertans like like non sales tax paying taxpayers money yes 100% do you, you know you know what the what the the worst and dumbest thing about this is long after it is laughed out of 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 alberta um Saskatchewan will pick it up and yeah. and treat it seriously yeah well a happy ending to the story bigfoot family is now like ranked within the top 10 on netflix because everybody wants to see this and apparently it's a cruddy cruddy film but uh Everybody now wants to see it. What a shocker. Yeah. Okay. I mean, granted, like the one thing that the, the top 10 rankings uh, in Netflix taught me is that people's taste in Netflix movies and shows is terrible. Oh, no kidding, eh? Wow. I'm just, every time I look at it, I'm like, really? How, like, how? How did you, how did you come up with like you're at home, you have a choice, but you chose, I don't know, Ginny in Georgia, instead of literally, like, instead of, like, hammering your, like, your toes with a ball-peen hammer, whatever. Uh, I'm actually just checking, what are the top ten movies right now? Uh, Number one is Yes Day. Okay. Number, Um, Number two is one. Number three is Ginny in Georgia. Hey, good guess. Number four, New Amsterdam. Number five, Marriage or Mortgage. <laughs> Number six, oh, Paradise PD. Number seven, The American. Number eight, Coroner. Number nine, Last Chance You Basketball. 
And number 10 is Superstore. So the only thing on this oh. list that is of any quality is Superstore, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, although granted, I mean, but before before I weigh weigh in with my with my like fine critical scalpel, um, weighing in with the scalpel, uh, mixing a metaphor. I, I have not seen most of those, but I have seen Superstore, and it's it's a delightful show. Yeah, uh, I've seen clips of Ginny in Georgia, and I'm like, I don't know about that one. Yeah, I most of these I don't even know what they are. Um. The weirdest thing on on Netflix lately, and I know this is like we're going far afield from from our from our agenda. Mm-hmm. Um, Oblivion, like the the Tom Cruise Olga Kurylenko movie from I don't know 2016 or something, is trending, and that's weird. It seems very strange. Yeah, like, wasn't didn't that a we terrible? All agree? Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, it's funny because I watched it and I'm like, this is not as terrible as everyone says, but. I did not think we'd ever have a second life on Netflix. Yeah, I think people are. Um, I, I I suspect Netflix is just picking their top ten from the stuff that people aren't watching. <laughs> Probably. Yeah, and just throwing in a couple of things. Uh, they're also promoting right now the Lost Pirate Kingdom again, something I know nothing about. And oi. Netflix does a masterful job of convincing you it has hardly anything in its uh, library. Yeah, I know. It's uh, it seems to be, it's clever that way. Yeah. Anyways, yeah. So that is uh, the big Bigfoot controversy, and um, so I guess the only thing that I can recommend to people is watch Bigfoot Family. Uh, because buried in there, deep within the substructure of that film, is a little like kernel of prairie history. I like that. I think I think we should all. I think Operation Cauldron should be part of uh, part of like the curriculum for elementary school kids. I agree. I agree. Because like, imagine if this had gone off, the entire north of Alberta would just be like a constant radioactive fire. Now it would be like one of those coal fires that rages in like coal country in the States that just like burns forever. Uh, Only in this case, it would like you'd, you'd see the glow from, from Edmonton. Right. And it would release like carnivorous caribou and whatnot every so often that would, you know, you terrorize the, the cities of uh, like Alberta's like cities. They descend on St. Albert and Edmonton, you know, yeah. that kind of thing. All right. Well, um, you know what? Uh, let's, uh, do we have an innovative revenue tool? You know, uh, there, there was one in the shop, but uh, I, I tried to like uh, tighten a lug nut and, uh, and it broke. Really? So now instead of like generating revenue, it's just leaking revenue everywhere. You, I know. Um, so I've been. Uh, I, I got some rags, and they're soaking up the revenue. Yep. And wait a minute. It just occurred to me. We've got rags full of revenue. Oh, we don't need a revenue tool. No, because we've got these like like these sopping wet, like rags rags of riches. Okay. Well, uh, light those rags of riches on fire. And breathe in those Ooh. revenue fumes because I've got an innovative revenue tool for you. 
I hope it's a non fungible token of those rags. Oh, I wish. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, as we were talking earlier, uh, Regina is the town where uh, COVID came to stay. Mm-hmm. Decided to make its home <laughs> to raise a family to tame the West. All right. Yeah, one of the things about one of the things about diseases is that if you let them run rampant and you don't do anything to stop them, uh, you don't actually achieve herd immunity without a vaccine. And we don't have a vaccine yet, uh, widely enough uh, spread for us to achieve herd immunity. So we still have uh, COVID ravaging the countryside. And but what does happen is if you let a disease ravage a countryside, uh, you increase the odds of a variant developing. Now, we currently apparently have at least two variants in the Queen City. We have the UK variant, and apparently we also have, I think, the South African variant. Uh, yeah, more... BB117. Yeah. yeah. But what we need to do is we need to, like, hold off on the vaccines, lift all of the control so that we can develop a made-in-the-Queen-City COVID variant. Oh. And because it'll just develop. If we, you know, if you let it, if you let things go on their own long enough, it will happen, you know? So it'll be like the BQC variant. Right. And just build the environment for a virus and it will come. And then (laughs) once it spreads outside our borders, that's our intellectual property, really. And we should start charging for everybody who uses our, you know, Queen City variant by getting it. And I think this is where we we bring in like a non-fungible token for that variant. Right. Sell it on the art market. Yeah. Make a killing. Like a little picture, a little like digital picture of our, the QC variant. So that's it. That's my that's my innovative revenue tool. And you know, considering how fast and how big uh, virus outbreaks grow, uh, this could make us a ton of money. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, yes. On that note, let's go on <laughs> to the pre-recorded innovative revenue tools. Delightful. The Queen City Improvement Bureau would like to acknowledge the Regina Warehouse Business Improvement District for their support of our show. The Regina Warehouse Business Improvement District. Improving the district where there are warehouses in Regina. And we are back from Innovative Revenue Tools. So professional, so polished, and what they offer is so appealing. How do they do it? I don't know. Math? Maybe it's math. Math, maybe. Hey, you know who's good at math? Who? The Regina Warehouse Business Improvement District. How do, you, math. how do you figure? Well, they did the math on the Queen City Improvement Bureau and said, yes, we want to sponsor them. It makes sense because we're pretty cool here in the basement. And the Warehouse Business Improvement District is pretty cool with what with all their warehouses and their many businesses from gymnasiums to, um, you know, grow, like local grocery stores and all those good things. It's a pretty great part of the town. It is. It is. It's, it's, it's like, it's one of the most like aesthetically like fascinating parts of the city. Um, it's got all kinds of little hidden things. You can take a walk, you can go 
you know, go see a show. You can do all kinds of things there. And, you know, there's all the bars along Dudney. So, I mean, you know, after the pandemic, you know, go nuts there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Thanks to them for sponsoring us. On the rest of the agenda, we have a bunch of things that have happened at City Hall over the last week and a bit. Top of the list is uh, the last council meeting, March 10th. The March 10th council meeting. Uh, things were decided. Stuff happened. Chief among them, we are now a biofuels town. I don't know who this chief among them is, but uh, apparently this chief says we're a biofuels town now. We are. What we're going to be doing is uh, there is a company that's come to town called uh, True North Renewable Fuels, and they want to set up a biofuels plant just outside of Regina. And uh, they need to do to, to accomplish this. They have to do a uh, they need. Well, they need $10 million of act funding. So that's agricultural clean technology funding that they would get from the federal government. But to access that money, uh, they need to get some local uh, investment from a local level of government or from something local. And uh, what that is going to be is a million bucks from the city of Regina. And uh, at the uh, May 10th, uh, council meeting. A million bucks. One million dollars. Yeah. And uh, so we're going to be giving them the one million dollars and this is going to get uh, allow them to do uh, the project that will uh, prove that this is a thing that can happen here. And then they're hoping that within about a year, year and a half, they'll be able to start building this biofuels plant. Cool thing. The biofuel is going to be made from canola and they're not going to be nuking the canola to get the oil out of the canola. A missed opportunity, but okay. That was a callback to the first part of our meeting. So if you're tuning in now, you missed a great joke twice. Yep. (laughs) You losers, tuning in late. (laughs) I'm sad for you. Sad for you people. Apparently what they can do is they can like take canola and uh, they can turn it into diesel fuel. This will help, according to them, this will help the city of Regina achieve their renewable goals, their renewable city goals. Because even though you burn diesel and release carbon dioxide into the atmosphere, uh, the lifetime carbon release from this canola diesel will only be about 20% of the carbon that would be released with normal fossil fuel diesel. Hmm. Assuming we can trust this accounting of their biodiesel, this is better, right? Like right. 20% as much carbon dioxide in the atmosphere is better than what we would normally have. One of the things they've pointed out is that the diesel that they would be producing would be for heavy machinery, that this would not be diesel that would be used in cars. You know, they still fully expect the cars and buses will be going electric over the next, like, whatever, 10 years. Right. But that it will be very difficult for things like backhoe loaders, um, skid steers, uh, d- cement trucks. Cement trucks need diesel Ooh. fuel. Nice. Right. So, Terminators. Like, like the, the hunter killers, not just the robots, but the big machines sent back from the future to destroy us absolutely they need diesel fuel and do you want them to be using dirty tar sands diesel no no i want i want our elimination at the hands of future robots to be environmentally clean me too i mean it's possible i mean i'm I'm not going to quibble with the means of our destruction but if they could take that into account 
I'd feel good. Yeah. They don't even have to be a hundred percent, you know, clean, just, you know, 80% cleaner than those old hunter killers. Right. Just, 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 you know, be a little mindful of the environment when you track us down and murder us on mass. Right. Yeah. Not a lot to ask. Take our own bodies and make them into diesel fuel for your hunter killers. Like we get it. I hate to say it, but I think the the canola is probably better for the environment than grinding us up. You know, you know that's good. I'm glad because I'd rather not meet that fate. I I just like to live my life in, uh, you know, in a nice oceanfront property. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Far away from hunter killers. Yeah, that would be nice. Uh, And you know, if this global warming thing works out, this will be beachfront property eventually. This will be Otisburg. Oh, nice! I, I love it. Let's let's rename the Queen City Otisburg. Let's let's put in a let's put in a report to like make that happen. Yeah, yeah. We need to bring back the inland seaway and make this <laughs> Otisburg. That's right. Bring back bring back the ancient crocodilians um, on our shores. Make it happen. Yeah. Oh, in terms of jobs, because I'm sure you're curious. I am. There this job be, does not pay. Sorry. No, this one doesn't. But if you want a job in constructing a uh, a bio biodiesel plant, there will be twenty five hundred temporary construction jobs that come out of this, and then they expect about three hundred permanent operations jobs because there's actually going to be two plants. So there'll be the biodiesel plant that'll be turning some portion of the canola into biodiesel, mm-hmm. uh, but there will also be like a protein extraction plant. I don't know what this does or what it's for, but there will be proteins. Proteins will be extracted. Hold on. Will this be a protein supercluster? Is that what we're going to begin? I think this will be a node in the protein supercluster. Oh, my. Wow. Okay. Now we're talking. I know. I know. I'm so excited by this. (laughs) Um, You are also probably asking why does the city of Regina have to come up with this million dollars to, to make this happen? Something that will so obviously help the Saskatchewan economy. Why the city of Regina? Yes. You are? Yeah, probably. Good. Cause I have an answer. Oh, nice. Definitely. The answer is the provincial government refused to supply the $1 million for this project. Okay. Sure. The provincial government apparently does not like to give out money. Sorry. Of course they don't. Our government does not like to give out money. No, I, I, mean, I mean, okay, what government does? I mean, let's be fair. I mean, any government you go say, hey, would you like to give out some money? Their first answer is, well, no. The, the federal Same. government, the, the much despised Justin Trudeau federal government is going to be ponying up oh. like $10, $10 million for this just to start. Oh. Like, there's probably more money oh. coming. Yeah. Uh, $10 million of communist Trudeau bucks uh, makes my blood boil. Uh, uh, probably all have to wear masks and be be gay or something. I don't know what they're doing, but that's probably it. Although if you if you want to like have like every every person who works there be masked and gay, I mean that's great. I'm <laughs> that's fine. I actually that's, really uh, like that idea. I know. Like let 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 yeah. us let us like bring like good work for the LGBTQ people of the Queen City. Um, who also observe good sort of like, you know, pandemic hygiene by wearing masks. Yeah. 
the provincial government is going to be giving a tax break for this because mm-hmm. that's what they like to give yeah. out. They like to give out tax yeah. breaks, not money. Uh, and, and this is a big one, a letter of support. Holy crap. They wrote it with their own word processors. Wow. Like they probably like probably Microsoft Word. They probably said, let's not even use WordStar. That's like old yeah. hat. I bet you it's like Microsoft Office. I bet you it's like four whole kilobytes of type. Wow. I mean, you know, and I'm wondering if they did some number crunching with Lotus one, two, three. And they were like, no, no, let's go for like, let's go for like some crazy new stuff like, um, you know, Microsoft Excel. Yeah. Wait. Oh, I'm getting some breaking news. Oh, Uh, good. Apparently in Aurelia, Ontario, 77% said yes. Said yes to what? Um, using Anison. You know what I heard? <laughs> what have you the, heard? Pe- the people of Aurelia didn't use Anison before before they tried out Anison for this survey. Okay, well, the hundred random families they didn't use it. Some said no. Some said maybe, but seventy-seven percent said yes. Now that study is from approximately nineteen eighty-five. So, you know, who knows what they're up to now? Do you think they're still using Anison? I bet you they've moved to Tylenol. Some of them, I'm sure. I, I bet you some of them are still proud. I would actually love to track down oh, like some, of the, some, some of these people. <laughs> if that commercial was even like telling the truth at all. Yep. And see, are you still using Anison? And they'd be like, no, no, we use, you know, Tylenol. Or no, we, we, just, we just read Facebook. You'd be like, yeah. what, what does that even mean? And they tell us to get off their lawn. I don't need my pain. I don't need to. Don't take my pain away. I, I, I need sorry, this. Earlier, earlier this evening before our meeting, uh, I saw a random tweet that mentioned Aurelia in a completely different context. And suddenly into my brain, like fully hatched, leapt in Aurelia, 77% said yes. So I looked it up, and yeah, that's from 1985. That's hilarious. That, and it's still in my head. You finally found a use for that information. I should mention that we are on 91.3 FM CJTR, Regina Community Radio, tuned into the community. We're the Queen City Improvement Bureau talking about uh, last week's council meeting. I think it was March 10th. Mm-hmm. Oh, is that what we were talking about? That's right. Yeah. Good. Yeah, in Aurelia, Aurelia, Ontario. Last couple of mm-hmm. things about the biofuel plant, biodiesel plant. Biodiesel plant. First of all, uh, there was a there were some questions from council about whether or not they would be using local hiring and local procurement. Uh, they have said the company behind this, uh, True North uh, uh, Renewable Fuels. They've said that local hiring is always the preferred way to go because uh, you want people who like live in the area where your plant is going to be uh, to be working at your plant. Also that there is a lot of uh, expertise in this area for, uh, dis- uh, I don't know what you call it, distilling oil. Um, uh, the other question about procurement, apparently they're going to do as much local Canadian pro- and Canadian procurement as they can, but apparently there are especially specialty steels that they need that will have to come from overseas. But other than that, uh, it's always like cheaper and easier to procure locally. Uh, the other question is, and this has been a problem with other projects in the past where like the city kicks in money or provides a, uh, a tax relief for something. And then uh, the project doesn't actually stay here. 
uh, for very long. Uh, there's the question of what hap- what is up with this $1 million? Uh, it's not a loan. It is actually a grant, but there will be a letter of credit kept. And if they do not build the plant, we get our million bucks back because there's like this letter of credit held at the bank. So we can huh. always cash that in if the plant doesn't get built. If the plant doesn't get built near the city of Regina, we get to cash that money back and get our million bucks back. And they have actually signed an agreement or they're in the process of signing an agreement with the city that if the plant doesn't get built near the city of Regina or in the city of Regina, that not only will they get a million bucks back, but they'll get a $1 million penalty paid to the city. So that's the stuff that's protecting the city on this $1 million. So I don't know. There is a lot of concern about this plant. Uh, I think it's all justified. Uh, We're basically going on the word of this company and their consultants about whether or not this biodiesel is an environmental choice. Uh, It would be really nice if we had a committee say that we could send this report to Mm -hmm. that could like bring in experts who could weigh in on whether or not canola biodiesel is an environmentally preferable choice to fossil fuel diesel and if this is a good plan unfortunately the city is still building its uh environment slash renewable city advisory committee so that committee doesn't exist yet they're still like trying to find what groups to bring in and what the terms of reference for that committee will be so this uh, this apparently was discussed at a private session of executive, and then it went straight to a council meeting, and it just passed. And so it passed unanimously. So we are biodiesel central now. Nice. I mean, although the Queen City tends to be the place of like, I don't know. I feel, I feel like I feel like we're we're very susceptible to the to the monorail pitch, if you will. I would think that considering what just happened with the global transportation hub, that uh-huh. an excess of caution with this biodiesel plant would be uh, warranted. Uh, also, uh, we had a company that came to us and asked for our support to put together a gas from the landfill and turn it into energy. Uh, they came to us and they spent like years trying to get that off the ground. And it didn't work. And they just hmm. kind of disappeared. And then a new company came in about a year or so later and actually succeeded at doing what this other company had, had failed at. Sorry. And so, yeah, there's uh, there is a history. I think there was also like some kind of massive call center or something. This predates me that uh, died here. Uh, maybe I'm remembering some other city. I don't know. Uh, well, I mean, there, there was the Sears call center that employed many folk and then died. Um, yeah. But I, I, don't, I don't And weren't we supposed to get the uh, Skip the Dishes head office and that like went to Winnipeg? What? I don't know. Maybe I'm making that up too. No, you, you, may, you may be right. I mean, what a shame that we left like a parasitic, like rentier food delivery service on, on off the table. Hello. What else we have on the agenda? There's more bees on the agenda. We have a budget. Oh, oh, that kind of bee. Okay. Yeah. The budget is coming on uh, March 25th and, uh, no, sorry, March 24th. And there's also uh, meetings booked for 25th and 26th of March if that extra time is needed. But I don't think it's going to be because this is the lowest mill rate increase 
in uh, recent memory. The it's a mere two point three four percent. Of that, one point three nine percent is going to the Regina Police Service. Point four five percent. They need their police. Yep. 0.45% is going to the stadium, and that is inescapable. We signed up for that uh, years ago and are going to be paying that for 0.45% increase to our taxes every year for, I think, another eight years. And then uh, 0.5% is going to uh, renewal of the city's recreation infrastructure. That's a new program that just started last year. So, again, city is committed to that 0.9%, uh, 0.95% mill rate increase every year. So we can't back out of that. And the police is a separate budget that's put together by the police with consult- consultation with the uh, board of the uh, police commissioners or whatever they're called. And so we don't have much control over that as well. Everything else at the city is getting a 0% increase, which is effectively a cut to all city services. So huzzah. Huzzah indeed. I still suspect that the Canadian Federation of Independent Business we'll find a way to come to the budget meeting and tell us to cut more because they always, of course. Yep. (laughs) So yeah, that is, uh, like I said, that is March 24th. If you have thoughts on the budget, you can show up at that meeting and you can make yourself heard. Uh, the last item on the agenda is bikes. The last B. Oh, Wait, I was hoping there'd be actual bees, like the the insect. Terrible the time, terrible time of the year for bees. Oh, well, okay. Well, later in the year we can. Yep. We can get onto that bee business that I've been itching to talk about. Good. Yep. I'm down for that. But what about bikes? Tell us about the bikes. Okay. Uh, exact. No, sorry. Operations committee tomorrow. Day, uh, tomorrow from when we're uh, no day after tomorrow Wednesday from when we're recording. So March seventeenth. Uh, they're going to be considering the safe cycling and passing uh, amendments to the uh, traffic bylaw. This is something that's been ping-ponging back and forth between council and administration for a while now. Former councillor Joel Murray said, hey, cars are passing bikes too close. Let's like make a minimum safe passing distance like of 1.5 meters so that cars aren't like, you know, brushing up against bikes anymore. And uh, nobody liked that idea for some reason. They liked the notion of it. And it involved many, many levels of consultation and uh, referrals back to administration and Councillor Hawkins uh, raging about helmets. And we finally have a report back. And this is after consultation with Bike Regina and the Regina Cycle Club. It doesn't institute minimum safe distances for passing bikes, but it imposes a whole bunch of other rules on cars into our traffic bylaws, such as you can't, it will now be the law that if you're driving a car and you're approaching an obstacle that could like, you know, impede cyclists or pedestrians, you have to drive with caution. So you can't splash pedestrians. And you can't kick up gravel onto cyclists. If you violate that bylaw uh, amendment, it's a $180 fine. I think the big one, there's like seven amendments, but I think the really, really big one is that it's going to enshrine in law this notion that uh, a car cannot pass a cyclist in the same lane. 
this is kind of a big deal because this is actually how the laws, the law of the traffic act, the provincial traffic act and our bylaws are written that like bikes are vehicles and a vehicle gets its own lane. Um, so that's always been kind of implied that a bike gets its own lane. And now this is going to codify that. And uh, do, 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 the fine on that will be, why can't I find this? It will be $85. So if you, uh, if you pass a cyclist in the same lane, it's an $85 fine. Also, uh, dooring, uh, the whole, the whole, the thing that all cyclists live in fear of is a door swinging open and like smashing them into uh, traffic. You're supposed to like open your door with caution according to our traffic bylaw, but it's never been like mentioned. Yeah. And look out for cyclists. It will now. And that fine is now being raised from $70 of opening your door with incautiously to $180. I don't know. This is like, this is a change to the traffic bylaw that, that I actually think is kind of good. I think all seven items on the list are just fine. Um, it would be nice. There's not a lot of talk about how they're going to communicate this to the community and how uh, SGI is going to incorporate this into their driving tests and their, uh, their literature. But uh, there's nothing on here that I would say, let's not do that. I do think that this mm-hmm. notion of prohibiting drivers from passing cyclists in the same lane I think mean, it's going to die a council. I can't see. Maybe this new council is better on this, but I suspect they'll be like, do you mean that cars will have to slow down for bikes? I can't. I can't allow that. That doesn't work for me. <laughs> so, yeah, I think that will either get changed or get sent back. To, I, I think this whole thing will get sent back to administration. Now, I think the notion of... Uh, helmets, a, a helmet bylaw. I think that's a separate thing that administration is considering, but I don't think that's going to stop Hawkins from turning this report that's not about helmets into a discussion about helmets. I think we will definitely be talking helmets when this comes to council. Of course. Hawkins has a bee in his helmet about helmets. The man is obsessed. He is. Like anytime cycling comes up, anytime a bicycle comes up, he wants to talk about helmets. Anytime somebody says the word wheel twice in a sentence, he starts talking <laughs> about helmets. He's like, what about our tender skulls? <laughs> Is what he says. Do you think that's it? Do you think he has a tender skull? I think, I think, I think his skull is fragile and, uh, and he, he worries. I think the last time he bicycled, it was a penny farthing bicycle. And those things are so treacherous. Popular insult was to say, hey, hey, soft head, where you got that velocity? Yeah. Off to get yourself a hot soap. That's for Bolsheviks. And and he's carried that with him ever since. Yeah. So mm, hot sodas for Bolsheviks. <laughs> Anyways, that's it. That is everything that was on our list. Those were all the B's from the last uh, week and a bit of uh, City Hall. All right. Are we going to be moving on to different letters of the alphabet in future meetings, do you think? It's not up to me. It is up to City Council. That's right. Well, we should we should probably file a report and make a recommendation to go through issues alphabetically. Okay. I think that would be a dramatic improvement. I think so, too. Yeah. All right. I think the time locks will be open, opening soon. So might be a good time to call for an adjournment. 
All right. Um, I'll I'll move to adjourn. I'll second that motion. Oh, wow. In that case, the meeting is adjourned. You've been listening to the Queen City Improvement Bureau at 91.3 FM, CJTR, Regina Community Radio, tuned into the community. Our hosts are Paul Shen and Aiden Morgan, music by Ryan Hill, a.k.a. Guidewire. Uh, you can find us on cjtr.ca as well. Uh, also on uh, Queen City IB at uh, Twitter and Queen City uh, Improvement Bureau on the Veeb, the worldwide Veeb. Uh, coming up next, oh, we are broadcast live from Thursdays 7 to 8 and rebroadcast Monday afternoons 3 to 4 p.m. You can find us, I already talked about that, coming up next, Nerdcore Cabaret, followed by the cockpit, and then music on through forever, into eternity. Maybe even playing into eternity. That's all. Keep on improving, Regina. Bye. Bye.